Hello everyone, my name is Joni Scott and I am going to be your host today for Pastor Plex Podcast. Um, we are going to reflect on some questions that were not from last week's sermon, but we are talking about demons. So the question is, we see demons and talk of Satan and spiritual warfare within the New Testament, but the Old Testament, by contrast, is void of a lot of that. Rather, in the Old Testament, everything is attributed to God, both good and evil. Why do you think that is? Oh, Joni, so great to be with you here. This is a classic question and one that I have wrestled with uh, for years uh, because it really gets to the problem of evil, all right? Really the problem of evil. And then it also is going to get to why doesn't God just stop the bad guys? And so I feel like those are two prominent questions that are really going to be coming out of this. And um, so I want to take us to a couple scriptures, if you don't mind. In fact, let me just ask you, Joni, like when you hear this question, what are some of the first things that you sort of think of? I immediately go back to what was described to me in, you know, church Sunday school classes of angels in the sky and demons messing with people here on earth and just what that looked like of just the literal little red devil on your shoulder. <laughs> Good. I, and I think that's really helpful because I think that's where most people go. And so maybe the place where I would like to start um, actually is in Genesis chapter 6. And maybe that's a little weird because you're like, what is in Genesis 6? And what is in Genesis 6 is the, the talk of like the sons of uh, or the daughters of man hanging out with the sons of God. And this was a rebellion that you see um, coming on. So look, look, the sons of God saw the daughters of man were attractive and that they and they took them as their wives when they chose. When the Lord said, my spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. And the sons of God came into the daughters of man and they bore children to them. These were the mighty men who were of old, the men of renown. And then the Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Okay, so it's going to go on. So what happened is you have angelic beings. Okay, th this is where people are going to go like, really? Are you seriously going to go down? Angelic mm -hmm. beings who came and had sex with and impregnated human women. To which, you, that sounds a lot like Greek mythology, to which I'd say absolutely. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing about that is that demonic power was in in play back in the day when you had uh giants because nobody's disputing giants like the hebrew bible talks about nine foot giants like goliath uh it talks about these great rulers and these great leaders who called on people to worship them and then you go back to it sounds like the great lie that satan has always been trying to perpetrate throughout all of history. So you've got this spiritual rebellion, which you see in the Garden of Eden, really perpetrated by man, but sort of, um, uh, what's the right word for that? Like egged on, I guess, by Satan. And so Satan says, hey, don't believe God. You can make decisions for yourself. God is a liar. You should be able to decide what, for yourself what is right and what is wrong. And all you got to do is take a bite of this fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, and you are going to be free from sort of this hold that God has on you. But the reality was that that spiritual rebellion saying that I know better than God started like a whole bunch of darkness. Because remember, what, um, what all of earth and what all of heaven was drawn from was the void of darkness. And God mm -hmm. brings order to the chaos. The void was also known as chaos. Okay. To which you're like, okay, where are you going with all that? Because I, I, I don't understand angels and demons. So let me, let me try and make it clear. So remember, God is sovereign. 
He is completely sovereign. In fact, Isaiah 45 talks about how great of a sovereign being God is. Uh, because he says, um, I am the Lord and there is no other besides me. There is no God. I equip you, though you do not know me, that people may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. I form light and create darkness. I make well-being and create calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Now, when you recreate calamity, you're like, okay, well, he makes crazy things happen. Well, the word here for calamity is ra'ah. To which, if you're not like a Hebrew scholar, you're not, you know, what on earth does that mean? Right, yeah. So you don't know what ra'ah means. It means evil. It's the word, the same word for evil is ra'ah, and so that would make people feel a little uncomfortable. In other words, how does God, and probably a better way to translate this, or a better way to look at this, is because it, it clearly says, I, the Lord, create uh, evil, but I would probably put in this manifestation, he allows it. Uh, he is allowing evil to take place, and it cannot happen without his approval. How do we know that? Well, if you go back to Job chapter 1, Job is where we see um, Satan come before God. And Satan is, is, is a proper term. for It's kind of like the Christ. You've got the Christ, who is the anointed one or the Messiah. And you have the Satan, who is the adversary, the enemy. So a common way we refer to uh, Satan is the enemy because he's spiritually against us. He is ultimately um, uh, against us, but he is doing the bidding of God. Mm-hmm. That gets confusing. Very. Right. So so why doesn't God just like do away with him? Well, uh, he gives us a choice. Remember, this is the part of free will that nobody wants to get into. Uh, free, free will uh, creates an avenue so that all angelic beings had a choice and they chose to rebel, or at least a third of them did. And then humans had a choice and we chose to rebel. Now, you didn't get a choice to rebel after you were born because you were born in sin. And so the mm-hmm. only thing that sinners can do is sin. So, so we get that. We, I think we're I think we're at that place where we wrap our head around that. So let's go to spiritual realm for a second. Um, there is a third, and since spiritual beings are eternal, that they are eternally rebelling from God, and they're in the spiritual realm, and they are experiencing a rejection from God because they chose to rebel. They don't want anything to do with God, and they're constantly trying to live their own for their own glory. Uh, and they are an enemy of God's work. And so God allows them when we sort of pursue our own darkness to be uh, under the authority and the power of the darkness, which is the enemy. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you guys are with me so far. We're getting there. All right. So the Old Testament, whenever you see like divine, uh, okay, maybe better. Whenever you see like idolatry, you see idolatry, like uh, it would be in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 32, verse 17, talking about people sacrificing to demons that were not gods, to gods they have never known, to new gods that had come recently, whom your fathers had never dreaded. Meaning there were demonic activity in the spiritual manifested in the physical by people literally sacrificing to these gods. Mm-hmm. Demonic. Yes. And you, this is language we can understand. So, uh, for example, uh, not that, to get too current, but in Jeffrey Epstein's little sex island uh-huh. uh, where all the pedophilia, they had literal sex altars where um, there was perhaps some child sacrifice, where there was some, perhaps some sexual uh, uh, rituals that were being carried out to support whatever God they were living for, right? So you would say, well, they made that up, sure. But if you're saying, you would say that's complete evil. The problem is right. there is a spiritual problem the enemy the adversary of god is completely behind that wanting to direct the affairs of man and what is pornography what is sexual addiction all about it's not about a physical pleasure because you can get physical pleasure a whole bunch of ways it is about a worship 
And so when you, what you're doing is the spiritual being's demonic activity takes on a physical presence so that they can take on the worship. And when you force someone to sexually perform for you, when mm-hmm. there is a sense of worship that's achieved on the human standpoint, which glorifies the spiritual darkness on the spiritual side. And I think that's the part where people just sort of like, can't even see that because like if I can't see it, it's not real. But just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. We understand right. with germs, in fact, coronavirus would probably be a, a great way to see that. You can't see it, but you know that it's there because of the effect that it has on people. Right. And that's how the spiritual realm is with us. And that's how we know the demonic is alive and well. Uh, and we see when Jesus comes to uh, earth, of course the demonic is in freaked out activity. <laughs> Because everywhere, you know, it could hide, because, but Jesus could see clearly spiritual. He could see, when he's looking at the world, he sees all the invisible made visible. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember in, uh, do, you, do you remember, I think we did a sermon about this a couple months ago. It was in Second Kings chapter 6, and Elijah is with his servant, and uh, the evil king is coming to attack them. Do you, do you remember this? Uh, vaguely, yes. So what happens is the king's coming to attack, the servant looks out, says, uh... Hey, uh, Elijah, we're surrounded. And then Elijah laughs and says, oh, don't worry about it. Those who are with us are more than with those who are with them. And the servant's like, I don't, I, I only see bad guys. Uh-oh. Do you remember this? And, yes. then, he, and, then, he, and then he said, then Elijah said, prays like, God, help my servant see um, that, that they're clearly, we outnumber them. And then he prays and all of a sudden he sees the entire mountainside lit up with angels with swords of fire. And he's like, oh, we're good. And then he blinds, yeah, he blinds the bad guys. They take him back to Samaria to the king. And he's like, should we kill them all? He's like, no, we're, you wouldn't kill anyone you just captured, provide them food and send them home. And that stopped the war from happening. So, mm-hmm. so that's sort of what's going on at all times. There's always a spiritual presence heaven and earth is 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 separated by a veil uh that sort of blinds our eyes to the spiritual realm and the more you walk in the spirit which is why we always talk about walking in the spirit Mm -hmm. the more you have eyes to see ears to hear the spiritual realm and i think that's where people get stuck and i don't see any demons right now well if you go to africa right now where um animism and witch doctors and all mm-hmm. that stuff is sort of a real deal. Yep. Uh, you would, you would, you know, James Meyer, our missionary has told us about a six year old girl throwing him and two other grown men off of them, off of her as we, they were trying to pray over her to exercise the demon. And it's not like that happens all the time because uh, the demonic is actually pretty creative and they mm-hmm. can get behind corporate world politics, anywhere you see greed, corruption and darkness uh, as sort of like institutionalized. That mm-hmm. is the demonic power coming to life and our role is to bring Jesus and his power um, to overcome and that's why we trust Jesus with all that. So right. I, I think this is, this Joni, maybe this is where I'd love for you to speak into this. Okay. Because do you see the difference there of like, there really isn't a difference between Old and New Testament. It's just that in the New Testament, it's Jesus who can see into the demonic realm, sees the angels, sees the demonic a lot clearly, more clearly. Yes. That makes sense to me coming from a non-theological background and just kind of being in church most Mm -hmm. of my life. Um, I think it's important to focus on the fact that this good and evil aspect looks, can take on different looks. The evil aspect, like you just talked about, like we're 
since we're not in Africa, we're not physically seeing it that way. And I think that also applies to the New Old Testament. Right. Because uh, I think um, even if you were to see the demonic in, in reality, you wouldn't even blink. You'd be like, that's a TV show, that's a trick, right. that's a whatever. Right, we're so used to seeing it all the time. Yeah, we're everywhere around us. But when you watch somebody, sort of like this, where I'll, where I'd see the demonic in our current day, like people saying, oh, well, children who having having consensual sex with adults, that should be legalized. That's demonic. Right. Like, and you could see that now, right now, you can clearly see that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 30 years from now, when our senses get dulled and our ears can't hear, there will be a lot of people going like, no, that's completely okay. I, you heard it here first, 30 years from now when they release this podcast. How did he know? So that that's kind of, Witnesses. yeah, that, that's right. So I feel like that's the that's the reality of like, remember, you're, when we think angels and demons, we think like creepy people, demons anyway, like with you know, black angel wings that are like kind of crusty with a little fire as opposed right. to spiritual beings who are trying to be worshipped and they manifest themselves and even humans and darkness and all that. Mm-hmm. And on the on the flip side, there's some people who are always out looking for demons at, un, behind every bush and under every tree um, that are over-spiritualizing things. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and they don't, they can't wrap around their, their heart around the fact that uh, God doesn't tell us to search out for angels and demons, but rather search out for Jesus. And that's why Isaiah 45 uh, uh, 7 is so important because he is in complete control. He is he is sovereign. And what that means is all demonic, all angelic, all those things are under his complete control, which is why you don't need to pray to angels or should you pray to angels because right. all angels do is reflect his glory. And sometimes God uses angels like Gabriel or Michael to, um, to, to go from the angelic realm uh, and then into our realm of earth. And so that therefore we can communicate with God in ways, but that happens so rarely. And maybe you've experienced... Um, a whisper from God when God told you something or an angel mm-hmm. told you something, you've experienced that. Or maybe you've experienced demonic whenever you've sort of been half paralyzed in a, like a dream state sleep. And I've experienced that one or two times and it was just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can kind of, you know there's something going on, but you can't put your finger on it and then, oh, yeah. and then it happens and then you're like, what was that? Move on. Let's not think about it. <laughs> Try to avoid this. <laughs> right. So hopefully that answers that question. Um, uh, thanks for asking that and keep those uh, coming. Uh, that's, that is our answer for angels and demons. Back to you, Joni. Why don't you finish, wrap us up? All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Um, please let us know if you have any other further questions so that we can cover those next week. We look forward to seeing those and we will see you guys next week.